0: Welcome to Passion Life Church. We are continuing this series that we're calling Into the Deep. If you have your, your Bibles, turn to Matthew chapter 14, verse 22. If you don't have your Bibles, you can look on this big Bible behind me. And, uh, you know, we have just been talking about going deeper in our relationship with God. And uh, tell me if you feel this. I feel sometimes in my life a tension between who I am and who I can be? Do you ever feel that tension? You knowing what your life is. I mean, you're excited that you've come so far. But how many of you ever feel that kind of tension of you know who you are, but you also know that you could be more? And anybody else? Anybody else feel that that tension? And I believe that's what the Bible calls deep is calling unto deep. And so, this is what God is calling us into. This is what He was calling Peter into. And as we started this whole journey, we've actually been just looking at Peter when we first meet him. His name's Simon. And what we're doing in this series, I'm just kind of highlighting his life. And, and uh, I, I feel like there's some things about him that were so different than some of the other disciples. I mean, he's just a business owner, he's a fisherman, he's pretty much an ordinary guy. He goes fishing one night, he fishes all night, he catches nothing, his nets are are empty and Jesus so happens to be there teaching. Jesus notices that his, his, his nets are empty. How many, of you, how many of you are thankful that God sees us and he sees that our nets are empty? He sees that when we failed in our own effort. And he tells Peter, he says, I want you to launch out into the deep. Come on, say launch out into the deep. And that was the truth that that really Peter needed is is he needed to take God's word and watch he needed to get out of the shallow. And I believe that's what God's calling you, it's calling us to be in 2023. My church family, I am so excited and I'm not say, I don't say this a lot, but I'm so excited about 2023. I felt this in the beginning that God this is something about this year. Look what's happening. Revival is starting to break out in the millennials, from the millennials in college in college uh colleges around the, uh, America, that there are the spirit of God is just beginning to move, and people are responding. Something is happening, but let me just tell you this: it's not going to be ordinary life or life as usual anymore. It can be, but you've got to decide to get out of the shallow and step into the deep. Step into the deep. And I think the truth about Peter is is that um, his nets were empty. He was exhausted. He was tired from from fishing all night. And I think what happens is that we can get discouraged at times because we've had hopes like Tanya and Jimmy, they're believing and they put in an offer on this house and it didn't work. And, and so what happens is oftentimes we can allow what hasn't happened yet to stop us from moving towards what can happen. And i want to say something today. It's going to be a repetitive theme. Just because you have not seen it yet doesn't mean that you're not going to see it. It just means you haven't seen it yet. Come on, somebody. And so what God wanted to do in Peter's life is he wanted to take Peter out of his own depth. He wanted to take Peter into a life that was beyond what Peter thought that he could do. And that's what he did. He said, you got to launch out into the deep. The deep has a mystery to it. There's a lot of unknowns when we talk about the deep. I looked up this word in the Greek, This word deep, and it means the secret, unrevealed purposes of God. So when God's taking us into the deep, if we can kind of give it a definition, it means this, that God, there are purposes that God has not revealed for your life. And Jeremiah tells us those purposes are not to harm us, but they're actually to give us hope and a future about your life, no matter what you're facing. And I'm going to tell you something. God can do more with your future than you've done with your past. And there are purposes that God wants to reveal. But we've said this, he does his best work in the deep. In the deep. And this has kind of been an anchor scripture. Psalms 107, verse 23. It says, those who go down to the sea in ships, who do business in great waters. Jimmy wants to do business in great waters. I want to do business in great waters. I want my life to be have depth. He says, those that do business in great waters, watch, they see the works of the Lord and his wonders. Where? Come on, say it loud. Where? In the deep. The Passion Translation says this, to see his breathtaking wonders in the deep, in the deep. I hope you found Matthew chapter 14, verse 22. If you're taking notes, I've entitled this message today, it's time. It's time. It is time to cross the threshold. It's time. It's time. As I read Matthew chapter 14, verse 22, I just want to tell you it's a familiar story. And here's what I know about a preacher. Sometimes it's harder to preach familiar stories because everybody tries to figure everything out. And I'm just going to ask today that you would be open to what the Holy Spirit wants to say through this text. How many of you know that it's alive? So we can read it once, right? And you get something out of it, but we can read it again and God can minister something totally different. So Matthew chapter 14, verse 22, it says, Immediately. Jesus made his disciples get into the boat and go before him to the other side while he sent the multitudes away. And when he had sent the multitudes away, he went up on the mountain by himself to pray. Now, when evening came, he was alone there, but the boat was now in the middle of the sea. Everybody say that. Middle of the sea. Come on, say it louder. The middle of the sea. This is going to be important as we look at this. But the boat was now in the middle of the sea, tossed by the waves, for the wind was contrary. Now in the fourth watch of the night, Jesus went to them walking on the sea. And when the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were troubled. It's a ghost, they cried out for fear. I actually think what happened is not only did they yell, it's a ghost, Peter goes, I think it's Jesus. Thomas goes, I doubt it. Judas said, I'll bet you 30 pieces of silver. It's not. I don't know, that's just my mind. Verse 27. But immediately Jesus spoke to him, saying, "Be of good cheer." One translation says, "Take courage." See, if you are going to go into the deep, you are going to have to take courage. It is I. Do not be afraid. And Peter answered him, said, "Lord, if it is you, command me to come to you on the water." He said, "Come." And when <laughs> I just think it's funny because I think when I read this, some people would think that Jesus would say, uh, "You know, well, let me pray about it for a minute, uh, Peter." Let's see, Peter. Jesus is like, "Come." Come, it's time to come. So he said, come. And when Peter had come down out of the boat, he walked on the water to, to go to Jesus. But when he saw that the wind was boisterous, he was afraid and he was beginning to sink. He, when he was beginning to sink, he cried, Lord, save me. And immediately Jesus stretched out his hand and caught him and said to him, oh, you of little faith, why did you doubt? And when they got into the boat, the wind ceased. Then those who were in the boat came and worshiped him, saying, truly, you are the Son of God. I truly believe in my life, in our church's life, in your life, in the life of your family, it's really time to cross the threshold. Let me tell you what a threshold is, because we've crossed a lot of them in our life. A threshold is what they would say it's a level at which you start to begin to experience something new, or it's at the line that something new would begin. One definition says it's the limit at which an arrangement can change. So there is a level, there is a limit, right? There's a level, sometimes even a level that we, or a limit that we have place on ourselves, but there is a limit. It's the point of departure or transition. And so if you think about even your life, you have crossed some thresholds already. You know, during a university commencement, uh, a student will cross the stage and they'll receive their diploma. And then once they receive their diploma, they'll take that little uh, flip, they'll tassel the tassel, they'll take it and they'll flip it over. Or you know what? When you go and you fly, if you've ever flown and you walk through security, there's a point where once you you cross the threshold of security, you're ready to fly. And until you cross the threshold of security, then you cannot fly. I want to say it this way. When you cross the threshold of something, you can actually break through a barrier. You can actually break through the barrier, and you can actually take limits off of, of your life. And I believe this is what this message is all about. But I think for some of us, we actually have self-imposed limitations, self-imposed lines that we have drawn in the sand. I talk to people that are 45 and they're talking about how old they are. And that is a self-imposed limitation. Well, you know, now that I'm 47, you're listen. I'm 52. You're just a baby. Come on, you need to cross the threshold and and start moving. Well, you know, Pastor Phil, I'm 60. Well, let me just tell you this. Why don't you have a conversation with Abraham, who, when he was hundred a hundred years old, God was still using him. And 90 at 90 years old, Sarah was. I want to see Sarah. I, I I just do because I mean this this her and her descendants. Sarah was so beautiful that when she walked into a city, the people at the gates were like, they had to run and tell the king, man, did you see that girl? I mean, she is just beautiful. There was, she was 90 years old. Stop putting a limitation over your life. Or some people, they have these self-imposed limitations about their education well pastor phil you know just i just don't have a degree it was so funny the other day i was listening to a pastor he's well known if i said his name you'd probably know who he is but he was talking about how he dropped out of seminary and he actually he he's dropped out of seminary and just did what god told him to do and he's a success now i'm not telling you to drop out of college that's not what this message is about all right but what i am saying is that you don't think what you think you need sometimes Because we just draw limits. Come on. Or Pastor Phil, you know, with these self-imposed limits for some people, I don't have the skills, right? I don't, I've done this all my life or I've done it this way all my life. So I just do not have any skills. Listen. So what you need to do is you need to cross the threshold. Because here's the reality. If you're taking notes, oh, please write this down. You're doing what you do because of how you think of you. The Bible says, as a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. I don't know how deep I need to go. But I think for some of you, can I say this in love? I think you know I I love everybody. But some of you, because of the own color of your skin, it's a limitation, not to God, but to you. It may even be a limitation to other people in society, but God can take the, and, and, and he wants you to cross the threshold. But we look at ourselves in the mirror and we say, you know, because I'm Mexican. But let me just say this. It is Mexican. It is not Mexicant. Right? Come on, somebody. It's Mexican. But I can't. No, you can. Because with God, all things are possible. And so I don't care what other people think of you. I care what God thinks of you but you are going to act consistent to the way that you think of you and the limitations that you've put over your your life. You know, Moses has a stuttering problem, and God says, I want you to be my mouthpiece. That's just the way he does things, because he loves to get the glory in our life. But I wonder in what area you need to cross the threshold about even what you think about you, you know? And here's what I think about me. I tell people when I teach preaching, I expect something to happen. I expect this word, right, when we're sharing it, it goes out of seed, but I expect it to produce. But can I just tell you today... I just see myself as a farmer and I'm just going to throw seed today. I'm throwing, that's, I came to serve you today. I didn't care to think about myself and how's my hair and, you know, how do I look? And I hope I look thinner than I am, all these things. I came to serve you. And here's what I, I, I know about myself. I am anointed of God, not because I say it, because that's what he says and because his Holy Spirit is on me. But you're going to act consistent with the way that you think about you. That's why you need to break the threshold in your life and you need to cross over it and today as we read this story i'm going to do my best because there's a story in a story here because this scripture that we read is, is outlined in a couple of the Gospels, and each of them have their own take. And so what I want to do is give you just a little snapshot of some things, and I'm hoping that it'll make sense, because when I teach preaching all the time, I say, if people walk out of your message, and they're like, what was the point of that? You failed. And so I want you today to have a point and understand what God is saying. But Jesus is telling the disciples, I want you to go to the other side. He's up praying on a mountain. There was Uh, A storm that happens. I want to let you know, because I think this is important to this this whole series and what we're talking about today, is the Sea of Galilee is about seven miles broad at its widest point. So they are going, and and mind you, some of these guys are professional fishermen. They have been out on this sea. It's the the Sea of Galilee. So seven miles, eight miles wide. That's not, not huge. But here's what happens. John tells us in his account that it took them about eight or nine hours just to get to the middle of the sea. He uses the word furlongs. He says that it was about 20 or so furlongs. A furlong in the Greek uh, is 600 feet. So they did about 20, 600 feet, and I did the math for you. Say, Pastor Phil, thank you. Thank you. Oh, no need to thank me. But listen, I did the math for you, and so literally in nine hours, they're not even, are almost at half the way through. But here's what Mark says in Mark six forty-eight. He says, then he saw them because Jesus came walking, watch, on the water. And he says this, he, Mark says, he saw us, he saw them straining, this word in the Greek is in distress at rowing, for the wind was contrary. So Jesus sees them and they're rowing and they're straining. I want to tell you this about storms in our lives. Storms in our lives always want to capitalize on our limitations. So when you have limitations in your life, maybe self-imposed limitations, some of the limitations is the enemy is coming against you, but the storm always wants to reinforce your limitations. And what's interesting is they were new, they knew, they were doing what they knew to do. They were doing, they were rowing. Man, they're rowing. Man, they're straining. Man, they're going for it. And they did not get to where they needed to be in the time that they needed to be there. And they are straining, and they're halfway there. Now, Mark says this in his account, Mark 6, 48. It says, he, Jesus, came to them walking on the sea, watch, and he would have passed them by. That was interesting to me. I had to spend some time on this one. He would have passed them by because here are the disciples, and they're rowing. They're straining. Man, they're tired. They're exhausted. They're not even where they need to be. And then here comes Jesus walking on the water. And Mark says he would have passed them by. And let me, let me just give you a little clarity on this. He wasn't saying that Jesus was being insensitive to seeing them. What he was saying and what a lot of the commentaries on this say is that Jesus had a goal. What was his goal? His goal was to go to the other side. And so he would have passed them by. But he saw them, and he came to them. This is interesting to me, and it blesses me so much, my church family, because we have a God that allows us to interrupt him. Jesus was on the earth. He had to get to the cross. He didn't have 20 years to get to the cross. He did it in about three and a half years. There was a timetable. But oftentimes when he was going to do a miracle for somebody else, you remember Jairus? He was going to Jairus' house because... Jairus' daughter was dying, and on the way to do a miracle for somebody else, the woman with the issue of blood said, if I just touch the hem of his garment, that I will be healed. So what happens? She interrupts a miracle for somebody else, and Jesus, the Bible says he stops, and he says, who touched me? Because this woman's faith interrupted him. And you know what happened? Jairus' situation got worse. His daughter dies, but Jesus still makes it to it, to the, uh, the daughter and raises her from the dead, and everything's good. Aren't you thankful that we have a God that allows us to interrupt him with what we're going through? Can I give you another example? Jesus is coming out of of Jericho, and we know him as blind Bartimaeus. He's walking out. Jesus is walking out of Jericho, and he hears, Jesus, son of David. And everybody's like, shh, be quiet, be quiet. And he's like, no, Jesus, son of David. And this, when I read this, it just so blessed me because Jesus is coming out of Jericho. But when he hears blind Bartimaeus talking, the Bible says this, Jesus stood still. Jesus, and he didn't stand still because he didn't have a place to go. He stood still because he cares about people, and that's why he came. And what I'm saying to you is that we have a God that allows us to interrupt him. And I say that because I think sometimes in our head as children of God, we we think today that God's purposes, they're just so vast. You know, God has so much that he wants to do that he forgets about us, and we're straining in the boat. Or sometimes I think what happened is we think that the storm in the world is so big, and it's so intense, that God doesn't see us striving. Mark says he would have passed us by, but he didn't. He heard our cry, and he came to them walking on the sea. I think that's good. Because I've heard people say, oh, I don't know if I should pray about that because that's, that's kind of not, not, not big enough. I know God's trying to, you know, solve the world peace and all these things. My church family, the Bible says that God knows the number of hairs on your head. And so he cares about the littlest detail. So when my hair and one of them falls out and how, how many of you know at this age, I need every single one of my hair. So I have to put them back on my head. And how many of you know that God says that's hair 4,462? Now, for some of you, he doesn't have to count. I love you, Jeremy. Oh, did I say that? I'm sorry. Well, you you laughed. He knows, and this is why he says, we, security. So he says we have to cast our care on him because he cares. So can I tell you this? If you care about it, he cares. And if you'll allow him to care... And you understand that, you can cast your care on him. But I want to say this because this is part of this miracle. I think there's two miracles here in this story because Jesus sees them. He didn't leave them striving. But I think there's, there's something very, very important that John writes, and this is Important in John 6 21. Watch this. Jesus comes to them. And John 6.21 says this. Watch, they willingly, they willingly, they willingly received him into the boat. Watch this. Here's a miracle. And immediately, immediately the boat was on land. I want you to catch this. They're striving in their own self, can't make headway for eight or nine hours. They're only in the middle, but they willingly allowed Jesus to get in the boat. And the Bible says they went from what they couldn't do on their own. Jesus did for them immediately. They went from the middle immediately to the land. I don't know how that works, but you see that sometimes in the Bible. And that so encouraged me, and I hope it encouraged you, because there may be things right now that you're striving and you have not seen, and you've only gotten so far, but here's what God can do. God can take those eight or nine hours like them, and in one moment, he can bring you to where you need to be. Come on, somebody. He can can do it. But yeah, you can give him a good round of applause. Because sometimes I feel like, I don't know if you've ever felt like this, but I feel like I'm behind. I feel like because the last two and a half years, I've lost some things. But what we're seeing in America and what we're seeing here is God is starting to restore things to people. And he can take, I love this, I want to read it, I can put it in my notes. That what the disciples couldn't do in eight or nine hours of straining, Jesus did immediately. That tells me that tomorrow I can wake up and the things that I prayed for can happen just like that. Now here's the reality. I can sit here and I can, you know, I can just be in self-pity about what's not been happening. Oh, my nets are empty. Yeah. Just launch out into the deep and immediately you go from empty to overflow, right? You're straining in the storm. Jesus comes walking on the, on the water and then immediately you are here and now you're there. I believe that's the kind of year we're going to have for 2023. You are here and now you're there. You're here. Now you're there. You're here. Now you're there. You're here, now you're there. And you wake up over here and you go, how did I get here? And you just go, it was him. It was him. It was Jesus. It was Jesus. Now, this all blesses me because I feel like I'm, I'm behind on some things. But one phone call could change your life. Listen, business owners, one client could change your life. Come on, say a good amen. amen. All right, let's, let's go a little bit deeper. Ladies, one guy could change your life, single Ladies. There you go. There. I hit there. That's what we were waiting for. Come on, guys. All you single guys, one woman can totally change your life. I was single for 38 years. People in the church that I grew up in were asking me, what's wrong with you? You're single? Like being single is a wrong, like it's a disease or something. Don't touch me. You're single. I might get single too. 38 years. And God did for me in a year what I couldn't do in 38 years. I tell people, if I would have known it would have been this good with Valerie, she's back there serving the kids, if I would have known it had been this good, I never would have dated anybody else. Never. But God did what I couldn't do. And now you're here, and next thing you know, you're over there. But I'm believing for that kind of supernatural year. My church family, I'm just going to tell you this, right here, I debated about praying. Let's just go home. That's a good word for today. But unfortunately, it's not the whole story. Because you got this guy, Peter, who's crazy, who wants to go deeper. Now, some of the Gospels don't talk about him walking on the water. I know that it's all inspired by the Holy Spirit. But I wonder sometimes if John didn't put it in there because John didn't walk on the water. (laughs) That's okay. We'll get back to the word of God. Just remember, because John was the one, right? I'm the, the, the disciple that Jesus loved. Yeah, but you didn't walk on water. That's fine. That's good. But here's my point. You always have one more person. There's always someone who wants to go deeper. So that's how, that's written in some of the Gospels. But Matthew, as we just wrote, he said that when they were rowing and they were straining, Jesus came walking on the water. And then you have Peter who said, Lord, if it's you, let me come out there. And I thought about that. I thought about how there's always someone who wants more. There's always someone who doesn't. Listen, now, the disciples made it through the other side. They did. But there's going to be a difference because Peter is going to go to the other side. But I think the difference between what Peter did and what happened to the whole general disciples in the boat is they made it through. That's a miracle. We celebrate that. But you know what Peter did? Is Peter didn't just make it through. He walked over. And I thought about that. I thought about in my life, I don't want to just like make it through the storm. I got here. I'm thankful. But what I'm saying is what Jesus shows us here. Because Peter says, Jesus, if it's you, bid me come. Jesus says, come. I want to show you what life can be outside of everything that you've known, Peter. Everything that you've known. And Peter's about to cross the threshold. See, I love the disciples. I think they're amazing, right? Judas did what he did. Thomas doubted. But they did leave all of their they're things, and they follow Jesus. But you know, look at the stats here, my church family. Out of 12 guys in the boat, one decided to go deeper. And you need to know that. Because not everybody's going to go where you're going. Peter had to walk away from John. I love John. He's great. I love, I, love his, I love his writings. He walked away from a lot of people because he himself didn't want just good he wanted the best. And what I say, I, I want to say that to you because if you're so afraid of what people are thinking, they will keep you out of the deep. And you will live a shallow life based on their opinions. And I'm going to say that some of those opinions are from your family. Some of those opinions are, you know, I remember when we were moving out here to California, people were like, you are crazy. Like, you're, going, you're moving from El Paso, Texas, a great job. Like, you're moving from a huge church out there, and you're moving. You are crazy. And, Phil, did you know there's weird people in California? And I said, bring it on, because I'm going to feel just like home, because I'm weird, too. Some of you say amen, because you know it. You didn't come here because I'm like, hallelujah, everybody. This is the way God uses me. But what I'm going to tell you is not everybody's going with you. And I think that's what's hard sometimes because we love people, but sometimes you're going to have to make a difference. You're going to have to make a decision to go forward. You're going to have to make a decision. I'm getting out of the boat, even if you're not. I've had to walk away from some of even my best friends because they just are in the same place for like two years. And I'm like, I want more. Anybody want more? Now, if Jesus says that's it, then that's it. But if there's more, it's good to want more, right? If, if, that's what, if he comes walking on the water and he's inspiring them, and this is what is kind of interesting to me. The, the Bible doesn't say this, but Jesus didn't say, does anybody here want to walk on the water with me? He didn't say that. He's walking to Where does Peter get this idea that if Jesus is doing that, I want to do it too. And his desire provoked this miracle. And I need to tell you, there are many people in the Gospels, they initiated their own miracle. The woman with the issue of blood initiated her own miracle. Blind martyr man, Jesus! And they all got healed. Because there's a desire For more. And I want to, in the last time that we have together, the next couple minutes before I close, I think that I just want to kind of give you three barriers and three benefits of crossing the threshold. Because it's time for you to cross the threshold. It's time for you to get out of your boat. For some of you, your boat is your own limitation, what you think about yourself. Some of you, the boat is what you think about God. But I want to give you three barriers and three benefits. Here's the first barrier. To crossing the threshold. It's the fear of the unknown. I know it's a storm. It's dark. The disciples were afraid. And they see what they think they best describe as a ghost. My church family, it was not a ghost. It was Jesus. This is what fear will do. Fear will take something that's meant to be good and turn it into something bad. It was Jesus, not a ghost. But here's the... the The thing. See, sometimes for us, we have a cookie cutter Christ mentality of Jesus and we put God in a box. That's why some of you, when you invite people to church, they're like, no, because they have this idea of what church is. Be like, you ain't been to my church. Come on, somebody. Some of you have been coming and you talk to me like, I I, I, know this is the biggest thing that I always get. Well, you know, when I started coming here, I actually understand what the preacher's saying. And I'm like, aren't you supposed to understand what the preacher's saying? But people have this idea of what Jesus, and they put him in a box. And so Jesus is coming to them in a way that they've never seen before. He's walking on the water. And that's my question to you. What if Jesus is coming to you in a way that you've never seen him come to you? How are you going to respond? Because he does. He doesn't want to just be a cookie cutter Jesus. And so he's coming to them in a way that they've never seen before. He's walking on the water. And you know, I think he's showing them just because you've never seen somebody walk on water doesn't mean that it can't be done. You just haven't seen it yet. The first barrier is the fear of the unknown. Here's the first benefit. You have a new vision of what life could be. I think this is what sparked Peter's desire. Man, I've never seen this before. Man, I've been in a boat all my life. You're telling me that I could catch fish by walking on water? Man, I, I, I want to get out of the boat. He's showing you Jesus by walking on the water. He's showing you that you can, he's showing you what's possible, that you can walk above the things that other people will never walk above. I remember when I was growing up and my parents went through a divorce and, and people were saying, you know, you're, 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 you're never going to recover from the, from the divorce, Phil. You know, what you went through and you know, be your parents being divorced, you know, you're going to be on drugs and you're going to be this, you're going to be that. No, actual, in actuality, Jesus called me out of the boat, the boat of low limitations, the boat of what everybody else is saying. And he says, come on, Phil, walk on the water with me. You can walk above those low expectations that other people have. And my church family, I didn't turn out so bad. I've been walking on the water with Jesus. But Jesus is always showing us what we can be. Some of you need a new vision of yourself through the eyes and the lens of Jesus, of what he says you are, of who you are in him. I'm going to talk about that a little bit more. Can I give you just a little statement? This is why I think we're following Peter. Jesus asks his disciples, he says, who do you say that I am? And they all go through. And Peter says, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. And Jesus says to him, flesh and blood hasn't revealed this to you, Peter. But listen, this is what we're going to talk about next week. If I tell you, will you still come back next week? If I preach a little bit of next week's message? Because you will never know who you are until you know who he is. And then Jesus says, your name will no longer be Simon. It'll be Peter. So when Peter finds out who Jesus is and he has a revelation, he finds out who he is very powerful and some of you don't know who you are because you don't know who he is and so you don't invest the time in who he is and so then you get confused i said this last week today in following god i have become the person i've always wanted to be let me say it this way in following god i'm understanding who i am because i know who he is come on somebody we need a new vision of what's possible And it's possible that you realize that you don't need what you thought you need in the storm. Peter thought the boat. That's that's my life. That was the anchor. I'm here in the boat. And for some of us, do you know that we could hold on to the wrong anchors in our life? We could have the wrong anchor. Some of us, for some of those anchors that we have, they're actually causing you to drown because we have the wrong anchors. But you need a new vision. My church family, I am to tell you, he's the only anchor in the storm. His word and him is the only anchor that will keep you and not only anchor you, but have you walk above. So the second benefit is a new vision. I pray you have a new vision for your life, for your business, for your family. And here's the second barrier if we're going to cross the threshold. Are you glad you came to church today? If you're going to cross over, all right, I'm glad I got you to shout because this one's going to hurt. Here's the second barrier is our comfort. See, a lot of people want change, but they don't want to change. People want change, but not at the cost of losing their comfort. So they stay in the boat. And I'm going to tell you why we love our our comfort zones. Can I tell you this? Because in our comfort zones, we're in control. I put something on social media, and I'm going to kick over some sacred cows here in just a minute, but... Are we always saying God is in control as an excuse for our lack of growth? Because we're saying God's in control when actuality, we're still in control of a lot of things. I always tell people when they're like, Phil, you know, I've watched other preachers when they're like, hey, man, that was a great message. Like, it was all God. It was all God. And I'm like, if it was all God, it would have been a lot better. I want it to be all God, but there's some of me in here. Come on, he's using me. So when people are like, yeah, that's great. I said, praise God, praise God. But it's not all God, because it was. It'd be, you guys would just walk out here like, ah. right? But what I'm saying is we say God's in control of our lives, but if he's really in control, then wouldn't we not be offended as much? If he's really in control in our life, would we not be so bound by fear anymore? If he's, listen, if he's really in control, can you say God's in control of your life and you're stingy? How can you say that? Oh, but God's in control. No, you're just not growing. He's not in control. You're in control. And so, how can we say God is in control? Then we stay in our comfort zone when He's calling you out of your comfort zone. He's calling you out of your own depth to step into what He has for your life and for His spirit. Listen, my church family, God didn't save you so you would be safe. He saved you so you would be dangerous to the kingdom of darkness. That's why He saved you. But you're going to have to come out of your comfort zone and leave the boat. The second benefit to crossing the threshold is this barriers get broken. This is when the impossible becomes possible. And if you're not careful, the drama that you're going through, the wind and the storms of life can be barriers that can keep you from not crossing through. But Peter decides to take a risk, have some faith, get out of the comfort zone, make a change, do something that his friends aren't doing. But here's the third barrier to crossing over. A fear of failure. People say, well, why, why should I even try if I fail? I know people who failed at nothing. They failed at nothing. You know why? Because they don't try anything. And can I tell you something? You probably will make mistakes. You're human. You probably will fail. But here's the reality. Peter started walking on water. And a lot of people focus on Peter's failure. He did. He began to sink. I don't think we preach that enough. He he began to sink. He began to sink. And you know what he did? Is he reached out and he called out to Jesus. And the Bible says this, that Jesus reached out. So in other words, he was almost right there. He was almost right there. And you know what, my church family? I don't care. I may fail in front of people. I'm not talking about morally. But I will tell you this. I'd rather be a wet water walker than a dry boat talker any day. I'm gonna say this and then I'm gonna close. I went a little long today, but, you know, Val and I were a part of a great ministry that that thousands of people, I think in the height of what they were doing, there was 20,000 people meeting. We were the youth pastors there and God called us to move to California. And I remember Val and I talking that night and we said this, she confirmed We heard the word of the Lord. She said, I'm in. I want to go to California. And here's here's the thought process. What if we fail? What if we move and this thing doesn't work? We're taking our son who was, I don't know, nine months old, and we're moving across to California. What if we fail? But I remember telling her that night, I would rather go and believe what God has for us. And I would rather go and fail than wonder my whole life what it would have been like if we tried. Because even if I'm a church planter and it doesn't work out, I still planted a church. And let me just tell you this, you can talk about all you want, but I want to ask what you've done in your life because I would rather go in what I believe is God than wonder five years from now, Val, what would it have been like to live in California? What would it have been like to meet new people, new friends? What would it have been like to have our own church that God would entrust us? What would it have been like? I don't think I could have lived with that. But you know what? We all have the fear of failure, but aren't you thankful? That we can cry out to Jesus and notice what Jesus didn't do. He didn't beat Peter over the head. You failure! Okay, come on. You know what he does? He restores Peter, then he instructs Peter. Here's the third benefit you experience growth when you cross the threshold. Growth in your faith, Peter's faith grew. Jesus tells him, he says, Oh, you've little faith, why did you doubt? That's, that's a hard one for me because Peter's the only guy that walked on water. You know, he could have walked back to the boat and all the guys are like, Dude, you failed. You're such a moron, man. Peter could have said, Yeah, but I, um, I walked on water. But Jesus said, Oh, you've little faith, why'd you doubt? You know, that word doubt to me is interesting because it means this. Why did you waver in your opinion? When you got out on the storm, it was already stormy. You were focusing on Jesus. And can I just tell you this? I always tell people, I don't think Peter walked on the water. I think he walked on the word of what Jesus said because Jesus said come and all you need is one word from God and if you have a come you can walk on that word and I'll tell you that when you do you will walk over the storm but as you continue to focus on Jesus you will walk over things that others can't but if you start to look at the size of the waves and you start to falter in your opinion listen this is why Jesus said over and over again do not fear do not fear do not fear because in the deep it's fear that makes you sink it's doubt that makes you sink but thank God that we have a God that even when we mess up, he'll reach out and he'll restore us and he'll walk us right back to the boat. And immediately they went to the other side. Come on, would you stand with me this morning as we pray? The deep, the unknown purposes of God, the deep, the unknown purposes of God. Everybody look at me today. I wonder what's on the other side of the threshold for your life. I wonder what's on the other side of fear in your life. I'm going to ask the worship team to come up. Would you bow your heads for just a moment? It's time. It's time for you to cross over. This is not only for Peter. This is for you. It's for you. My church family, before I pray, I just want to tell you something with your head bowed and your eyes closed. I think this is why God has us following Peter's life. You could look at where we've been so far and what we've looked at, and you could say, man, that's that's great enough. That Man, that's a legacy right in itself. But I'm just telling you that it's not over for Peter because God is going to even take him deeper. And I say that to say to you today, I want you to bow your heads and close your eyes. Some of you have seen God move in amazing ways. Amazing ways. And I'm just telling you, he's taping, he's taking you deeper. He's taking you deeper. Chris Yule, when I said that, I felt your your face come. This is a new season, and I'm telling you, when I said that, I felt like You've seen God do amazing things. But you haven't seen anything yet. And I'm telling you, there is so much more for you and your wife. And I'm believing that the best, this, this next season is going to be, I mean, it's, God is going to breathtaking wonders in your life. And you're a great man. You've seen a lot. You've been a sturdy guy. You've seen miracles. But I, your face just came up when I said, God's not through yet. And literally, you could probably just raise your hand and go, Jesus, take me to heaven. I've seen it. Life's been great. But he's not through yet. He's not through. And I want you to be excited about that. You're a great guy, great man, always respected you. And thank you for being here today from Texas. But I just sense that so strong. It's time. We're going to be crossing thresholds. Yeah, some people are starting to lift their hands. If you believe that, come on, just lift your hand for a moment. Let God minister to you. We have a couple moments. Come on. I don't know what that means for you. It's time. What is on the other side? Thank you, Jesus. Come on, just let him minister to you for a moment. Thank you, God. Oh, the best is yet to come. It's not a cliche. It's God doing more than we can even think or imagine. Come on, let faith rise in this place. Come on, let faith rise in your heart. Come on, if you just want to lift your hands as just a a symbol that you're just letting go of your depth, your what you've done, and the struggling's over, and you're going to allow God to intervene. Lord, I thank you that you're raising up water walkers. You're raising up people, Lord, that are going to cross the threshold. Lord, may we never say that we've seen it all because we haven't seen what's coming yet. So Lord, today we take a step. We cross the threshold in our lives. May we be the first one in our family. May we start a new branch on the family tree. I don't care what they've said about anybody else. I don't care about our family history. But today we decide. I decide I'm crossing the threshold. I'm going to break barriers. I'm moving through. Maybe alcoholism has been in my family, but it stops here in Jesus' name. Come on, it stops here in Jesus' name. Because I'm breaking through. I'm crossing the threshold in the name of Jesus. Oh, I know. It's been in the family. Heart problems, heart problems, heart problems. No, it stops here in Jesus' name. I'm not going to be afraid. I'm moving through. I'm crossing the threshold into the new me that God has for us. Thank you, Jesus. We worship you, God. You're calling us into the deep that you would reveal your purposes. Every head bowed and every eye closed. In the book of Isaiah, he told them, he said, Behold, I'm doing a new thing. And he said this, though. Here's the question. He said, do you not perceive it? So God can be doing new things, but we just don't see it. And so that's my prayer for you today. Lord, I pray that you would open up the eyes of our understanding today so we can see what you're doing. The disciples saw Jesus walking on the water. And thank you, Lord, that you don't just pass us by, but you come to us to go deeper to reveal the unrevealed purposes that you have for our life thank you Father God just take a moment come on be selfish for just a minute just take a moment I think God and the Holy Spirit is just speaking to you right now there's a threshold that you need to cross I don't know what that means for you but the Holy Spirit is working in your heart for some of you it's in the area of finances You just, you have limitations and you, you don't trust God. You don't, you need to step out of the boat. You need to step out of the boat. What God is doing for Tanya and Jimmy, they've been faith, man. They've been giving, they've been serving and God's just opening up things and they're trusting him. It's not easy. It doesn't feel good to your flesh, but oh, when you step into that blessing that God has, man, you know that God did what you couldn't do we thank you, Lord, for your Holy Spirit today. So powerful. So powerful. Lord, may we not stay the same. And right now, Lord, I pray that you give people vision, a vision of what you have for them. Like Tanya said today, a dream. For some of them, they need a new dream. For others, they need to be reminded of the dream that you have for them. And we thank you. Let me just say this last prayer. If you're watching today or you're here, we never like to close out a Passion Life Church service without giving you the opportunity to make Jesus the Lord of your life. He's your Savior. He came and died on the cross. And He died as the payment and the sacrifice for your sin. And so today, if you were to die and stand before God, would you know that you could walk into heaven? Well, you can know that today. Today. You can know that Jesus died on the cross to forgive you of all your sins so you could be accepted by his Father in heaven and he can come into your life and take you deeper than you ever thought. With every head bowed and every eye closed, if you've never said this prayer, I'd like for you to repeat after me. Listen, I'd like everybody in the room to say it just so those who are saying it don't feel like they're alone. If you're online, say it with me. Come on, repeat this after me. Say, Father God, thank you for sending your Son jesus to die on the cross for me father god i repent today forgive me of my sin jesus come into my life take me deeper and by the power of the holy spirit i will live for you in jesus mighty name amen amen come on can you give him a good round of applause today Listen, on your way out, there's a small table. If you prayed that prayer for the first time, we have a free Bible for you. We also have a Finding, a Following Jesus book. It teaches you how to go deeper in your relationship with God. Last but not least, the Sunday we are planning after Easter. If you have not been baptized, we want to baptize you that Sunday after Easter. And so we can let you know a little bit more about um, that information. If you're curious about it, go to PassionLifeChurch.com and go on baptism, and you can fill out the forms. We love you, and I hope that you invite some people back as we continue to go deeper next week in Peter's life. We love you. God bless you. Thank you for listening today. We hope that you were encouraged and uplifted by today's message. For more information about Passion Life Church, visit us online at passionlifechurch.com.